And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart. And you know what time it is, guys. It's Donkey Week. (laughs) That's right. Our Raiders are in Denver, in the Mile High City, to take on the Broncos. And, of course, Raspy Raider and I, we're going to discuss, you know, quite simply, how can the Raiders go into Denver and get a W in the in the midst of all the, the turmoil, all the controversy that's going on. What can Coach Rich Basaccia do to steady this ship that's right now is in some real rough, choppy waters, guys? And will we see anything new from new offensive coordinator slash play caller Greg Olson with the, the resignation of Coach Gruden? And, of course, guys, this is a preview show, so you know you know what we do to button up every preview episode we have ask raspy and of course our scores and predictions for this afc west rivalry coming up but before we get into any of that guys as always we like to remind you you know where you can find us on social media we love the engagement online guys um you can find us on all the major social media platforms but mainly the the most the one that gets the most engagement, rather, is still Twitter. You can get us there at silver underscore hack. And you can get every episode, including past episodes from earlier this season or even from last year in season one. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms, guys. Nothing's changed. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, iTunes, etc., etc., etc. Just about all the major providers, like I said, guys. So Hop on, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, anybody that loves the Raiders, where to find the best Raider content out there anywhere. And that's, of course, right here on Silver and Black Hack. Um, now's where I like to bring in uh, Raspy Raider. But before I do, guys, I just want to kind of just uh, put it out there. We want to apologize. We had some technical issues last week. Raspy Raider was on the road doing some work stuff, uh, and he had to record under some less than favorable conditions, which we appreciate him doing, as always, soldiering up like he always does, and um, was able to still be on the show, which we, you know, the show's just not the same without Raspy Raider. I think we'd all would agree with that. But um, having said that, Raspy, um, it's been a hell of a week for the Raiders, man. I, don't, I really don't even know where to – where to, I'm still processing what happened uh, – with Gruden this week, man. Well, absolutely, man. What is up, Nation? And he's right, man. I was I'm out in Utah, not wanting to be there, man. Just like you said, under some conditions that were just not within my control. But I got to do what I got to do. So um, I'm going to try to make it happen no matter what. But I understand that that's frustrating, man. When you're having technical stuff, when you're trying to listen to a podcast, so I do apologize. That's on me. I'm back home. In uh, colorful Colorado, so it should be pretty copacetic from here on out, I'm hoping. Hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I couldn't even really process the gut punch of a loss to the Bears and how we played. But then hearing all this and that possibly the guys knew about some of this, I could see why we came out looking as flat-footed as we did. Bottom line, it better not happen again. That that's over, man. It's time to close not just that chapter, close that book, burn it. It's time to move on, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just usually I'm not big on book burning, but this is one exception I would gladly make Me too. to burn the book of Gruden and everything that 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 uh, that whole era stood for there. 
lot more harm than good. And before we get into these matchups, the most appropriate place to start usually, and I don't think this week is any different, is the injury report. Pretty short for a, you know, a week six game, you would expect to see some more, you know, critical injuries or some more bodies on the report. But there are a couple that really stood out to me that I think could directly impact this game, Raspi, and that's, of course, Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson is doubtful on the interior. We'll see what happens there, but usually a, a doubtful tag this late in the week is usually a no-go. So, you know, I think it would be pretty safe to assume that Jefferson will not be able to suit up for this one, and that doesn't help the fact because it's, it's compounded greatly by the fact that Jonathan Hankins, the Raider nose tackle, has already been ruled out for this game. And when you look at this matchup, Raspy, one of the main things that you that you kind of look at, at least I did, you may have looked at it with a completely different set of eyes there, which is what makes this thing work usually. But when I looked at this matchup, one of the first things that I thought of, besides the Gruden stuff, besides the Greg Olson uncertainty with we don't know what we're going to get with the, the, the play calling, we have a question, I think, uh, later on that's really good, Raspy, um, in regards to that, that I can't wait to hear your, your thoughts on that. But the thing that came to my mind first, once you get past the obvious stuff, Raspy, was when you just look X's and O's, one of the easiest ways or one of the most concerning ways the Broncos could hurt this team, in my mind, is on the ground. And, you know, with no Jonathan Hankins and quite possibly no Quentin Jefferson on the inside, that's a little bit of a concern for me. It sounds like I, I'm more concerned about it than you are. Well, and you're right, because, I mean, Teddy Juglas is predicated off of how that run game works. You know what I mean? He He's going to be a lot more comfortable and able to set in if that run game's working. So I'm with you on that. I get it. Um, Jefferson, I didn't, I knew was doubtful. I guess I, I, that's new. I was, I saw questionable, but that's a little more scary, but this is those, these are those situations, man, where right now, man, we're playing for our life period. Anybody that says we're not, man, Rattling off three wins is going to mean nothing if you rattle off three losses to follow it up with. So, and the wheels could fall off. We've been here before, nation. So, this is where I'm like, hey, man, we got to move some things around. We need Darius Phylon to kind of to tuck back in. Solomon Thomas is a hell of a game for you to come in and make your money. You know, if Jefferson can't play, yeah, that's a that's huge. On top of Hankins, obviously, that's a big deal, but. I'm not, I don't know. Hankins doesn't blow me away and doesn't, I, I mean, even when he's in there, I'm not seeing the run game get stopped. So, you know, maybe I'm not as concerned, but Jefferson, I am definitely more concerned about. But this is that time, man, where guys are just going to have to just, we're supposed to be a little more deep, you know, on this. And we've talked about it. And that's one of the things they were priding themselves in is some of the depth we had at this you know, position on the defensive line. So it's time to go earn that money, man. Yeah, it, it's – they're going to have to because, you know, we weren't – like you said, we weren't even stopping the run with Hankins in there the last few weeks. That was a major problem. The Chargers ran out that win on us in the second half with the run game. And, you know, Denver's going to try to attack us there. But just as critical, you know, let's just start on offense here. The Raiders' offense – this is an off is, is with all the improvements on defense guys and the improvements, you know, to the talent and more importantly to the system and the coaching on defense and just the overall level of play on the defense. This is still an offensively driven roster an offensively driven team. Raspy doesn't it really start outside of, you know, the injury concerns. Doesn't it really just start with Greg Olson and, what he's going to be able to do to fix a slow start to this offense? Absolutely. I hope Morton is in his ear too and he's listening because this is hearing through some of the stuff that Hart and I have both been kind of digging into. I mean, they're they're Morton and Olsen were kind of the the front, you know, the guys at the front of pushing these these air raid concepts, these spread concepts, and these stretches and stuff. So, sound like Gruden was listening. But he would ultimately, you know, here's his set of plays. That's what he's going to run with. So 
I'm excited to see what they do, man. Hey, man, this is an opportunity for you guys to really get some shine, man. And I tell you right now, if uh, Basachia and Olsen and all these boys start just – and Bradley and all – they start taking off, man, and we start just smashing our way towards winning ball games. well, it's going to put everybody on notice, man. If you want to better yourself in this NFL, this is how you do it. You get an opportunity and you make it count. So – We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But absolutely. And it's predicated off of starting fast, taking the lid off of this and keeping the foot on the damn pedal. One thing I think Olsen won't do that Gruden did was to unplug at the end of games. So I really don't see that. So even if we can just hang in this damn game, at least we can know even if we got a three point lead or something, you know, mid third, that it's not just going to be, well, let's just run the ball three times and let's just try to work this clock. You know, it's like, it's too early for that, man. That's not what this league is. So I do think that that's going to be a difference and it's going to be a, you know, it's not going to be something that Olsen does. I think he's ready and he realizes, Hey man, this game, this is an opportunity for me to kind of get out of the shadow of Gruden in a sense kind of let himself be uh, known for who he is and the talent that he brings and the level of skill that he brings and to be able to make plays so and make the right calls. So here you go, man. Make it happen. Yeah, and for me, this is as important as anything with this game is, is Olsen, you know, it's – the fact, the lack of fast starts on offense or the slow starts on offense, not scoring enough points early on has been the biggest detriment to this team winning games over the last couple. And for me, this week is even more so because it's got all the same importance to start fast as it does every other game. But we don't want to go into mile high with that crowd and start slow and start to really set in, believe that they're going to beat the Raiders while they're down, kick us while we're down. You know that they're looking for that, and you just don't. We could, we could, we could actually do the opposite. If we jump up on these guys fourteen nothing, the confidence is going to leak out of that building with a quickness, because they're going to be looking around thinking we just lost two in a row, and now the Raiders with all their problems are coming in here, and it won't take a lot for the here we go again to set in with the Broncos if we go in and, and start quick and take care of business. And I don't think there's any place where this is going to manifest itself more raspy than with the offensive line because you don't want Von Miller and that defensive front to to start, you know, feeling comfortable being able to pin their, their ears back, you know, playing with the wind at their back with that crowd because that's a recipe for disaster for the Raiders. Oh, absolutely. And I've been in this stadium, and I know you have too many times. Um, you can derail these guys, and they they will very quickly and fair weathered fair weatheredly fold up. You put a lead on them. I watched Darren McFadden rush for like two hundred sixty yards or something on these guys and take the air out of that stadium. But I've also seen that stadium raucous when they're putting it on a team too. So. It, it's so imperative to start fast and to get up on them early, man, and to be able to show that you can score points on this defense. I mean, this is defense is the highest paid defense in the NFL. They got some playmakers, no doubt, but so do we. So you just have to attack them, man. Attack that. You know, like Hart said earlier, they're going to address this situation just like the Bears did, you know, and, and set it up just like the Chargers did to – to try to make us stagnant. And you know what? It's worked for the last two weeks. So until it doesn't work, teams will continue to emulate it. So, and this is coming from pretty much Mangio's tree anyway. Staley was like the direct predecessor underneath him. So it's, you're going to see that. That's the and way Sean it's going to be. for the Bears as yep. well. Yep. And the Bears, head, or Bears defense coordinator as well. So if you think you're going to see anything different, you're tripping. So you better find a way to beat it. But we've talked about it for the last two weeks on ways to beat it. You know, we're over here doing a podcast. And we know how to beat it. We have the guys to beat it, man. Sit down in your zones and just nickel and dime them to death. If they're going to give you that, then do it. Just let them nickel and dime them to death and just keep the sticks moving. Well, the, It's pretty the, simple, man, really. Well, but the problem with the Raiders right now, though, is that we don't attack the mid the, the intermediate part of the field. We're Which I have no idea why. We have every bit of the talent to do just that. 
because we're too busy attacking deep. Our, our offense is, I never thought I would say this, but our offense became too reliant on explosive plays under Coach Gruden. And from all my complaining about his lack of aggression, which was still, a, somehow we were still too conservative and still too aggressive at the same time. As one of that, the, the schizophrenic sounds, nature yeah. of Gruden, it, it's just... It sounds it, ridiculous when you say that, but you're right, though. I mean, it's like you're you're needing all or nothing and then on top of that you're unplugging i i don't i don't get it he, the guy is so perplexing and i'm just so glad we don't have to deal with it anymore well but that that up op, that opens up an opportunity in this game this is one area that we can change tendencies olsen and morton can change gruden's tendencies i agree and attack the middle of the intermediate part of the field and and start emphasizing that and you can do it. And another thing, Raspy, that's really going to stand out to me for, for Greg Olson and, and John Morton, I want to see if the problem with the Raiders' inability to dictate was a Gruden thing, was, was mainly a Gruden problem. Because during the Gruden regime, the second, the second go-around, it was alarming to me how little the Raiders dictated to other teams, the, how little we led and opened up a big lead and forced like our strengths. It was always other teams slowing down our strengths. We never forced other teams to, well, we can't stop their passing game with our normal defense. So we're going to have to figure something out. It never right. seemed to go that way. And we never seemed to have a lead. So I want to see some intelligent aggression from, from Greg Olson, from John Morton. And I want to see, can we dictate, can we lead? Can we, we all, we all know how it is, Raspy. You know, we both growing up grew up not just liking the NFL. We liked a, a you know a wide range of sports, right? And one common denominator, no matter what sport, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, basketball, boxing, UFC, a common denominator with winning that I've that I've seen, and we've all seen this, is dictating tempo, dictating terms, right? Even in fighting, if if you know if I'm a boxer and you're a wrestler and it's the UFC and you can't get me down and I'm dictating where the fight takes place, the speed that it takes place, oh, you're going to have to outbox a boxer now, your odds of winning go down tremendously. Name the sport, basketball. If you have a fast break team and I have more of a defensive, you know, um, half court, slow the pace down, and you dictate, you turn it into a fast break game and we can't stop that, your odds of winning are significantly increased. It's no different than the NFL, and it's amazing that we've even been able to hover around 500 with as little as we've been able to, to dictate the terms, the pace of the game, Raspy, in the past. I couldn't agree more, man. I could not agree more. I mean, and I think a lot of that comes down to just the attitude, you know what I mean, and just swag. <laughs> I mean, you're, you got to come out there and put it on a team, no matter – what they try to do, what you do has to be better. I mean, that's how you win. So, you know, I mean, like I said, who's going to be the team that started out 3-0 and and was getting all this hype and rattled off three straight losses? It's going to be one of us. Is it going to be us? I think a lot of that comes down to, like you said, dictating how things go. Go out there and make them chase us, man. Don't don't chase them because they you chase your way right out of a win. We chase everybody. It's Undergroup. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But that's the thing. He's not here no more. So it's time to show instantaneously what this can look like. And we're going to know real quick. We're going to know through the first quarter of football if this, you know, Rich area is era is going to be something that we can see some sustainability through. Or is it just the same old, same old thing? Well, yeah, and one of the areas that they can really stand out and be different, another area is, I don't know what it was with Gruden and, and the lack of play action, but I want to see Olsen and Morton bring back the play action game, Raspy. And I don't have a lot of numbers this week, again. It's just because we I don't have numbers on Olsen's. I don't want to re recycle Gruden's numbers for right. Olsen and Morton because we just don't know. And we don't know. Like, they could just totally be different or they, it could be – the reason why I said I want to see how, you know, whether we can dictate or not, this has been a problem that predates the Gruden era, guys. Even remember 2016? Was it us? Was it the Raiders making the playoffs because we were up 34 to 13 on everybody and we just had to hold on to some, just hold on to some big leads? Or was it 
us having to come back and Derek Carr and Cleo Mack putting on the cape late in games. So I want to see if is this was this a mainly a Gruden thing or is this something else beyond just Coach Gruden with this inability to start fast, to dictate the pace, to dictate the terms. I think bringing back play action could do a lot to help that, but I think it could also help with helping out this offensive line and slowing down that that Broncos pass rush, Raspy. Well, I think so too. And I mean, the one thing that you can take from this is that like with Gruden being there is that we did really attempt to run the ball. So you might just find teams just respecting the play action just because that's what we've done. I mean, even though we haven't ran it well, we've still tried to commit to it at times, maybe too much. So yeah, run that play action, man. You know, like you said, it, it slows things down. It get, it'll get Carr moving a little bit, rolling out, which he can be dangerous, rolling out to his right. His left, and I'm not as confident with, but he can still make plays that way. So I agree, man. I think the play action would help. And I think that's something that just has to be in your repertoire. I mean, I don't get it. It's got to be. Well, Gruden had a weird thing about play action and – certain situations and other it's it's he just had all these weird rules that were restrictive and i just wonder now will we will we open it up more with more play action another thing is will we target henry ruggs more you know he's been i don't have if you've been really paying attention out there nation henry ruggs may have may be our best receiver this year i know that uh renfro has been great too but ruggs when you look at the film, man, this guy has been just absolutely shredding coverage. He's, he's, he's playing strong too. Like he, he is. went up to he, get it against guys that are, you know, bigger than him. Powered. Maybe guys they think might be stronger than him, and he's winning. So I'm with you, man. The guy has put so much emphasis on just getting faster, stronger, better in every which way. So give the young man the ball, man. Yeah, it, it, you got to target him more. And, you know, when you talk about targets with the Raiders offense, you always have to bring up Darren Waller. And, Raspi, I remember at the in the preseason, you know, before the regular season even started, they asked Von Miller about Patrick Sertan, and, you know, he was impressed at the time. And they didn't ask him about Darren Waller, but he just sort of volunteered that, yeah, we're going to put him on guys like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. <sighs> I have not been impressed with Patrick Sertan like everybody else has. I've watched him uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was getting beat left and right. And if they want to, I guess well, he what I'm hang asking, with Waller. So if that's well, what that they're doing, the plan. if that's what they're doing, then you better attack that all damn game long. Yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see him being able. I mean, if he wasn't covering. You know, he was getting abused against the Ravens, and it wasn't exactly Hollywood Brown that was doing it every time. And I just think that that's an interesting question. Are they going to try to match up Patrick Sertan with Darren Waller? Is this a game where we can maybe get Darren Waller back a little bit? He, he, Waller's been sort of taken out of this offense the last two or three weeks. So, you know, was that us trying to spread the ball around more? Or I, it really doesn't matter what it is. This offense is better when Darren Waller has yeah. more than five or six catches in a game. And everybody it, knows every week that Travis Kelsey's going to eat, but yet he eats every he week. So come on, man. And Waller can eat every week too. But this, his, you're right. His targets have went down. You know, it, it's go let him feast. He's the best player on our damn team for crying out loud. What are we talking about? It's just been, yeah, It he really, it, there's no excuse for it. And I think that that may have been a case of Gruden getting in his own way, you know, yep. like we talked about, rather than just he's been taken out by the by the opposition. And Raspy, one of the last things offensively that stood out for me this week is that Basaccia has spoken and he said that Marcus Mariota is healthy off the IR and is activated and will – most likely play in this game and you know you he could help this offense you know you look there's a stat here I, I said I wasn't gonna be bringing a lot of numbers but one of the few numbers I do have you know Marcus Mariota over the last 12 games has as many 20 yard runs as Josh Jacobs does Jeez. so not another stat that doesn't exactly you know 
sounds so great for Josh Jacobs, but what, if any, impact do you expect Marcus Mariota to have on this football game, Rasby? I think it'd be great to see him. It's great to hear. I mean, you saw him in that, you know, in that week one first play, man. He came up with a hip or something or Amy or whatever it was, but but it was a big play. He comes out and gets you just another dimension. I think he's a great weapon in the red zone, giving you the ability to use his feet and to create. So I would love to see him in the red zone. I would love that, man. And not just in the red zone, but I think predominantly if where he helps you out big time with just the mobility is in the red zone, which is where we struggle, and we've struggled for years. Yeah, I, I agree. And he could really impact – I mean, that's a big problem with us right now, the yards per point. We're just continuing – we're nowhere even near what a playoff team is going to have to be for that. And we need to cash in our opportunities in the red zone. We have to do something new, something different. It just hasn't been working with what our typical red zone package has been. So what do you expect from Derek Carr in this game? I expect to see him take the team and lead the damn team. I mean, if there's any time for you to step up and be that guy that we all think you have the capability to be, it's now. There's nobody There's nobody hovering over you, you know, like the dark cloud of Gruden anymore. So there are no more excuses, man, as if you should have <laughs> had any at this point. But I, I could see how Gruden was a dark cloud hovering over him. I think he was constantly trying to get – approval through Gruden and trying to be too much like Gruden and not just play within himself. You know what I mean? So hopefully that will maybe break the chains of that and free him up a little bit. But Gar, we need a huge game out of you, period, man. Put this team on your back, dude. And go freaking put a team away that I think that we're – I think we're better than, man. I really do. They have a good defense. Their defense is great. Is it real? I mean, I, I don't want to say great. I mean, their defense is good, cool, whatever. They got some players. I just, I just feel like we're better than them. So I think I feel like go take it to a team that you're better than, man. I agree. <laughs> Boy, should be better days for Carnival Hurricane. Don. Right. Yep, dude. <laughs> Hurricane Gruden is no longer hovering. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, man. That's yeah. Crazy. You want to talk some Raiders defense and, and what they what they need to do real quick? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Raiders defense versus, as Raspy likes to say, Teddy Two Gloves and the Broncos offense. We're going to talk about all that when we come right back. This break is brought to you by PsychoSwimwear.com. Are you or someone you know a major horror movie fan? I mean, we kind of all are in Raider Nation, right, guys? I mean, especially this time of year. But are you tired of just the, the standard horror shirts and hoodies? You know, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of played, right, at this point. We've seen it all. There's really nothing new under the sun in the, the horror shirt game. So are you ready to step up your game? I mean, I know I was, so I went on over to psychoswimwear.com, and these guys are makers of cutting-edge horror-themed swimwear. So it's not something you see every day. I mean, these guys have it all. They have one-piece swimwear. They've got two-piece swimwear, bikini sets, trunks for men, and this stuff is all made from premium polyester. I'm talking a ton of different looks and styles, stuff that, you know, you, even a... a aspires to high fashion here guys i mean they have some really wild stuff and it's all featuring horror themed designs and this is stuff that you just can't you can't get at walmart or your local store there and they also have a lot of stuff for goths out there too really cool designs so i suggest you head on over and take advantage of their off-season sale use promo code psycho 21 when you check out and they'll give you an extra 20 percent off but Head on over there, guys. I highly recommend it. I just went over and got a pair of, of swim trunks myself with this really cool skull sort of camo pattern design. I, I thought it was really off the hook. So I went ahead and got some. Head on over to psychoswim.com. Show off your horror fan cred and stand out stand out from the crowd. Psychoswimwear.com. What's up, Raider Nation? 
Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, and I'm back with Raspy Raider. We're breaking down and previewing Donkey Week. Raiders at Broncos coming up for the first time in 2021 key divisional matchup. And we first segment, we previewed the Raiders offense, Greg Olson, new play caller, Derek Carr versus Vic Fangio and the Bronco Von Miller and the Broncos defense. We're going to flip the script and do it the from the other side this time. We're going to look at Gus Bradley's defense in a big one against Teddy Two Gloves and the Broncos offense. Raspy, uh, you know, I guess you have to start off with the defensive line, and this is a game where, you know, all the talk about – the Raiders pressure and it has been so much dramatically improved. We talk about it every week. The pressures have been a big deal. I'm just going to come out and say it raspy, you know, pro football focus has miles Garrett and Max Crosby as their two top choices, two top candidates for their defensive man of the year, defensive player of the year award. They do their own. And He's been great this year and, you know, 100% he needs to be in that conversation. But I'm just going to put it out there, Raspy. I'm going to put out put it out there pretty flat. I need Max Crosby to get a sack in this game. Period. You, 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 you line those guys up next to each other, dude. Max has two sacks. Garrett has got to at least have six or eight. He had four and a half in one game against the Bears. You know what I mean? Those are – those we talked about. Those are – Drive killers, man. So Max has to get home. And I don't see any reason why he can't go get there. It's even more important for me, man, because we have to force this Broncos offense to play in, in long third downs. You know, the thing about it is, we talk about the sacks and I think we've kind of gone too far the other way. It used to be where if you weren't getting sacks and it didn't matter what you're doing otherwise, then, you know, pressures, who cares? What are your sack numbers? Now it's like, I feel like we've gone the other way where it's, you know, who cares about your sack numbers? What do you, how many pressures did you get? There's gotta be a happy medium. The sacks, we talked about what they do in terms of down and distance. And it's, why is it so critical in this, in this game? Well, one of the keys here, this may be the biggest key to the entire game. The Broncos are bottom third in, in converting third downs, and the Raiders' defense is one of the best, one of the, the the top third, so to speak, in third down, you know, getting off the field on third down. So doesn't the pressure in the sacks become even more important this week because of those numbers on the road, Raspy? Absolutely, and I think what kind of correlates with that, too, is what our demons has done on the back end. Dude, Trayvon, Trayvon Morig has been Merrick, has been just a beast, man. He's, like, quietly just beasting it out there in this single high. I mean, our, what our, our defense has been able to do on the back end, and Hayward Jr. is a big part of that. Mullen, too. Don't, I'm not taking it. Meek Robertson is, you know, the list goes on and on, but you know, we're third. We're third in the NFL in, in passing yards per game at 205.4, dude. That's legit. We've never been able to see that. We're usually, like, bottom barrel, dude, giving up 300-plus a game. We're barely letting them scratch 200, you know, and plays a 20-plus uh, yards, uh, giving up on defense. We're fourth with 15 of those. We don't give and up huge Lamar, plays, man. Without it's Lamar big, Jackson, it's yeah, even that better. goes down. That goes down by probably four or five. I mean, we're probably number one or two. You know what I mean? It's exactly. So, what what our defense has done under Bradley, man, with you know the moves that we've made and the guys that we've brought in and the pressure we've put on them and what they've delivered is just. Nothing short of miraculous, man. So I think that bodes well, too, is to keep this game in front of you, man. Get home. Get some sacks. The coverage is obviously there, man. The coverage has been there, and I know the pressure's helped that and vice versa, and it goes hand in hand. But it's time for you guys to start feasting and start killing some drives. Because I'm telling you, Bridgewater, man, you start pressuring this guy, he starts kind of getting happy feet back there. We've all seen it, so. 
You got to get him he, on the ground, dude. He does get happy feet, just like most quarterbacks, except well, for yeah, and I think that's kind of yeah, you know what I mean. But he's just not one of these guys. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Baker Mayfield. Is going to check it down and run. He's not Mahomes. He's not Herbert. He's not those guys. He doesn't have those feet. You know what I mean. He never has. Teddy has always been more of a stand in there and deliver type quarterback. You know. But I tell you what, if you let him get comfortable back there, he can he, hurt you. He can dice you up. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, just like any other NFL quarterback in the league, you let them get comfy, man. They start settling in, start planting that back foot, and start making you look really bad. So, Absolutely. What is the that, that you have your eye on defensively? I'm, I'm worried about – I mean, I'm worried about – uh. Just the run game, first and foremost, man. I mean, these guys, they, they got, you know, they got the rookie, Freeman, and uh, I think it's Freeman, right? Jonte Freeman out of North Carolina. Kid, yeah. can, play, kid can play some ball, man. He's showing he that he can play. Of runs at yeah, times. And, and then they got Melvin Gordon, so they kind of have a one-two punch that can get you. So, and the way we've been playing against the run is pretty suspect. So, that's – that's my main concern. Can these guys – Solomon Thomas, man, I'm going to call it out again. You have to have a big game. You have to feast, man. You got to get in there and get your big body in there, bro, and start making something happen, you know, on the interior, stopping the run, getting some pressure. It's got to happen, man. If we got to move Phylon around a little bit and let him get in there and do work, I feel like he can be explosive interior, you know, on the interior as well. So – but uh, yeah, the run game is one of my main concerns, man. I got another, I got another concern, but I know it was uh, you were kind of the one that brought that to my attention. And I'm gonna let you, you know, obviously hit that one up. But uh, but and then just being able to take the top off this defense and get some of those explosive plays, not to lean on them so much, but you know, make them make them pay, dude. I, you know, this is one of those where it's not really, it's not a concern so much. But we talked about it earlier. If they think. If they can put Sertan, a rookie, on D-Wall and try to cover him, you better go exploit that, man. And I know that more leaning towards the offense, but got to get that. So uh, I'll let you go on that. But, yeah, just that run game, man, because I think that dictates everything. You let Teddy get settled and chill and just depending on the run game, and they start getting off, you just put him in a position to just dagger you. Yeah, that's Denzel Perriman. He's been our best linebacker against the run. He's got to be maybe his best game of the year against the run, as good as he's been. We need we need every bit of it this week against that two-headed backfield that the Broncos are going to throw at us. And the main matchup that worries me, and I think this is what you're alluding to, we talked about this before we recorded, is as good as Amik Robertson has been and as – Solid as he's been, I guess is the word, you know, in the, he was really solid against Mike Williams, giving up so much height, so much, you know, length and everything else. He was still able to body him up and do a really good job. I just worry that Cortland Sutton is almost a different animal in that respect. I expect Pat Shermer and the Broncos offensive staff to try to drop as many opportunities, as many ways as they can to get Cortland Sutton isolated and matched up on Amik Robertson, you know, we don't travel on uh, with our corners as much as some of us would like. And you see that with zone-heavy teams. My biggest worry on defense is them being able to get Cortland Sutton. He's a big receiver, just like Mike Williams, but it's almost like Cortland Sutton's only reason why he's even in the NFL is because of his ability to moss even bigger corners. Yeah, he can high point for sure. That's if you took his high point ability away, he's not even really he's not a, a a quick, sharp route runner. He's not a blazer. He doesn't run four, two, four, three. He's a guy who's a big bodied receiver who can high he's a high point guy. That's his whole game is high point. Mike Williams beat you. He can beat you high point, but he beats you in an, a, a lot of different ways. I think he overall he's a much more versatile receiver yeah, speed than speed and physicality. Yeah, I agree. But does that worry you, though, Raspy? That yeah, they could absolutely. Amik Robertson could get – is tough and feisty. I love the pit bull aspect of his game. But in not saying that, that, that this is just automatically going to be a mismatch, but it does worry me, Raspy. No, and I can see what your worries are on that. But I'm telling you right now, man, uh, 
and Amik, I trust right now. The guy's been playing really well, man. We, I, I remember him coming out of Louisiana Tech being super excited about him, and he kind of got lost in the fray. I think a lot of that was Gunther's fault because Gunther was just an idiot and didn't realize what he had. But, uh, you know, I just – I really – you know, with Isaiah Johnson being out there, and, you know, Amik kind of got shuffled back. But, man, I love his aggressiveness. And I, it's funny because you just see this dude going against guys where he's given up. I mean, him against Mike Williams was like David and Goliath. <laughs> it was crazy because Mike Williams is not just a big, tall receiver. I mean, he's jacked. I mean, the guy's huge. Robertson was not scared at all and was going at him with everything he had and putting it out there. So although it scares me and it is, you know, it's obviously a concern, I, I, I'm going to trust in Amig, man. I'm going to trust in him to make that happen, man. So go up there and climb, climb Sutton if you have to to go high point. You know what I mean? But he's, it's, it's going to be a big deal. So that's going to that's gonna be huge, man. I don't know if Judy's available yet. I know he was, you know, dealt with that high, as a high ankle sprain, I believe. I know he was he's close, but I don't know if he's playing or not. So they're going to have Tim Patrick over there because K.J. Hamler's out for the season. So I think that Hayward can – I really like Tim Patrick. He's kind of an unsung hero for the Broncos. Not a lot of guys talk about him, but the guy is legit. But we got Casey on him. So I'm I'm, I'm trusting Casey Hayward's going to handle his business and limit that. So as far as uh, I guess another concern is just getting on Noah Fant. This is another guy that can hurt you too, man, just like Waller can hurt you. He's no Waller by any means, but he is one of the fastest tight ends in the game, and if you let him blow by you, you're going to regret it. So just play sound defense, man. Keep things in front of you. Get that pass rush going, and we can roll these guys. I have no doubt in my mind, man, if we can get after them and put Teddy on his heels, it can go really well. We really need to put Teddy on his you-know-what a few times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But if there's one big point that I want to leave to Raider Nation from my perspective defensively, one big key takeaway, my number one point is Raiders have to win that third down battle. We have to keep them in third downs, long down distance, with the pressure, with the sacks, because they're not good. They're one of the worst teams in third down conversions, and we're one of the best in stopping third down conversions. I don't think that would change in this game if if that matchup if if they see a steady diet of third and longs that's that's I think that we're going to win the game basically and going back to Amik Robertson the last thing I'll say on that if he passes this test and does see a lot of Cortland Sutton as I'm anticipating if that matchup does work its way out that way and he passes this test that that's going to go a long, long way for me to no longer have big receiver concerns with after Mike Williams. He did have some issues with Allen Robertson, but it wasn't like it was a disaster. That's not why we lost the game no. at all. And um, so I, that would go a long way towards really limiting my concerns with the Meek Robertson going forward with the big, the big receiver question with him on the outside. So I agree, man. That would be a massive win for Meek Robertson and for the Raiders as well. Right. You ready to give a prediction, or did you have any any other key points? No, man. I mean, this is that week, man. We, go and play with your damn hair on fire, Nation. Go out there and just put it all out there on the line, man. I mean, you can get cliche after cliche on this one, but this is it, man. We are literally at the point of no return. You rolled a three and three. Dude, it's not good. Four and two. We're we're talking about something, and you're you're starting to make some headway in the division, and you're going to start making some separation between you and other teams in the league. This is a, probably the biggest game we've had, you know, in I don't know, a couple of years. So this is huge, man. How, especially with just everything that has happened and went on. Gruden, I hope they never say your name again. Good riddance. Get gone. Stay gone. Shake that, boys. Go out there and put it on a team, man. Who wins? We do. But we scratch and claw to do it as usual. 24-20, Raiders win. Okay. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, you know, you talked about 3-0 and to 0-3. This is something that I don't think a lot of people realize. We all know about the stats where if you start off a season 0-2, 0-3, 
we all know we've seen the the stats what that does to your playoff chances, right? And we that that's been pretty clear that we. But what a lot of people don't realize is that that same that same you know situation carries out no matter what part of the season it's in. If you have a two game losing streak, it's not just starting off the season zero and two that that lowers your playoff chances so much. If you go on a two-game losing streak at any point in the season, it has a similar effect on your playoff chances. Same with three. If you start off 0-3 in the season, you have history shows you have a very, very slim chance of making the playoffs. The same thing happens if you lose three consecutive games at any point in the season. It's not just to start the season, guys. So Raiders have to win this game. That, that makes it essentially a must-win. Raiders get by 27-20. to 20. I think that the biggest reason why is that Olsen and Morton do have the opportunity to change tendencies. They don't have any film on what those guys could do potentially. That should give us an advantage. That should especially help with these slow starts. If the Raiders get a couple scores up in the first quarter, you know, that's going to go a long way to help. It is. It's going to hurt their confidence and, and boost ours at the same time. I like the Raiders 27 to 20 in a must win game. If they lose this game, playoff chances are on life support early in the season. So, well, and really, Denver's averaging 20.5 a game. So, we're going to keep them right to where I think they belong and probably where they'll stay. This isn't some barn burning team, man. But this is also it's not a team. Offense. It's also not a team on the defense that you're going to get your running game going on. So scratch that. Go out and just unleash well, it, man. Najee Let's Harris go. got going on him, and he couldn't. They couldn't run on anybody else, including the Raiders. That was and true. They that's true. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe that play action helps a little bit. You know that we were talking. Part was talking about and alluding to earlier. So just go get off in whichever which way you got to do it, man. Let's go. Agreed. We both have the Raiders winning this one, moving to four and two. And, you know, the the playoff, the odds with our playoff chances, you should see the swing. I think I saw where we lose this game. We dropped to 29% by according to 538, I believe it is. We dropped to a 29% chance to make the playoffs. You win 59%, I believe it was. So this is hard to see a, a bigger swing game in terms of playoff potential. And I'm sure it's the same with the Broncos in reverse. So yep. this is a mini playoff game, you know, especially before Halloween, you don't see games that have this much weight on the postseason as, as this one will hold. We both have the Raiders winning this one. Raspy, can you stick around for a few questions here? We have some no, good man, ones here. No, no too. Ask Raspy, guys. It's uh, brought to you by Psycho Swimwear, and we're back again. And it was, again, it was hard to narrow down these questions. We just have so many. And, guys, I just want to thank you for all your questions out there, Nation. And keep them coming. You can submit them at, you know, you can message us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, we, we have questions coming from just about everywhere. And this week is no exception. This has been an especially busy week with everything going on with the questions and stuff, guys. So, again, thank you all for that. And uh, we just want to start here. We have a question from April. And April wants to know, Raspy, did Derek Carr make a mistake by not signing that extension this uh, earlier this season? Before the, I'm assuming she means before the Gruden fiasco. I'm gonna say yes. I don't really know what I don't really know what it was based upon. Whether it was based upon just all DC saying, "Hey, I want to win for this team. Let's see what this season, how this season transpires," or if it was maybe I don't want to be here if we don't win this year. I don't know, but I think either way, man, you take the money when it's there. You know, you solidify the contract when it's there. I mean, with I mean. Any any contract talks with a quarterback right now. You're talking thirty plus million. I mean, you're crazy or not? You got with what you've seen Dak make and Mahomes make. You know what I mean? It's like, so I think he did make a mistake. Am I glad that he did it? Yeah, because I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't take us to the playoffs this year, then I don't want him here anymore. Because what in the hell are we doing? 
can't have a guy here for eight years and four of those with the same coach and the same system and everything be there and just giving him all the trust in the world to be our guy. And we're still just coming up snake eyes every, every season. So I think he made a mistake personally. Yes. I think he did. Am I glad he did? Yes. I think he made a mistake too, just because now there's just all sorts of uncertainty. We don't know right. what the next coach is going to feel about Derek Carr. They, the next coach could want Derek Carr. The next coach could come in and say, "I want anybody but Derek Carr." Well, we just he has the know. out too, because there's not a whole, there's not a lot of money on there anymore. Everything was front loaded, so. And there's only one year left on the deal yeah. too. So. Yeah, you you take the lottery ticket when you can, and you cash it in when you can. Right. So. You have to thank April for that. Uh, good, question, good question, April. Right? I like it, though, too. I think he made a huge mistake. Very relevant question right now. Absolutely. Up next, Raspy, we have one from Sin City Raider on Facebook. And Sin City Raider, I believe we had a question from Sin City last year. So much respect to Sin City Raider coming back That's with familiar. another question. And uh, Sin City wants to know, Raspy, how can Greg Olson be more creative than Gruden was in the run game? Well, I think Hart talked about it earlier. Something as simple as some play action, you know? Something as simple as maybe some, I mean, have we seen any like toss sweeps or any kind of end arounds or any kind of disruption or confusion behind the line of scrimmage and getting it, I think maybe getting Henry Ruggs involved in an end around here, here and there, just a little quick little hitter could help with that run game too. So I think Olsen has some tricks in the bag. I really do. I've seen it from him before, but he just, when he's been here, he's been, so limited on his control because he's been here with Gruden. So Gruden's ultimately making all the calls. So I think he can get a little more creative and I think he will. And I think a good way to do that is to cause some, you know, misdirection behind the line of scrimmage, some pre-snap or some pre-snap stuff, you know, some movement. I think we go a long way. I agree. I like, I like the question for sure. Good question. And, you know, can we get Kenny and Drake the ball in space? I mean, Gruden right. wasted all this money on him. Can we at least see? Can we get our athletes in space? Maybe just running Kenny and Drake and even Josh Jacobs right behind Andre James, right into the belly of the beast, isn't working. And so you, Raspy said it best, man. How about getting Drake on a sweep? Get Jacobs on a counter, a trap, anything but just this right of, How about running out of the shotgun? You know, Josh DeBow. Right at a stat to where we're averaging almost twice the yards per carry running out of the shotgun versus under center. But Gruden, guess which one Gruden preferred, you know? So, Oh yeah. All of those, all those things can be changed. I do think that, that Olsen and Morton have a lot of tools because the run game had zero creativity. So any creativity is going to be a, could be something. Have a major, maybe maybe Mariota, maybe Mariota with a little bit of option play. Great, on a stretch point. out, you know what I mean? There's there's guys there to help you with that, you know? Maybe even Mariota just on some on some design sneaks with the option to pass, some RPOs. I mean, the, the freaking ideas are endless, you know? So great question, Sin City Raider. And, I mean, what a concept, right? Your run game's not working, running it straight up the gut behind Andre James's butt. So, oh, yeah, imagine that. The guy sucks. <laughs> So, so switch it up, man. Trust Colton Miller a little bit. He sure as hell's holding his side of the freaking ball down, ain't he? Right. Exactly on, right. Run, run to the outside. Run off tackle more. Yeah, run get anything. your guards get your guards pulling and moving a little bit. Cause some misdirection. Cause some confusion. Pick up some blocks early in the freaking carry. I mean, there's so many ways to do it, man. Absolutely. I agree. Sin City Raider, shout out to you, man. Good question. Oh, yeah. Um, we need to be more creative on the ground. And Raider Lifer, also from Facebook, has a good question here. And Raider Lifer wants to know, Raspy, Greg Olson said in his press conference that the offense will have a different flow than it did with Gruden. What do you think he meant by that? 
first off Raider lifer I feel like you that'd be wouldn't that be my call out if I had anything like this <laughs> is, is this, I feel like I'm either I'm either a Raider fan for life or I'm doing life for the Raiders or I'm gonna end up doing life for the Raiders gonna cost me my life one of the two I don't know you know it's crazy so I love that um I think that was just kind of maybe a little sideways jab at Gruden saying hey man we're not going to play it like that. We will not unplug. We are going to come out and we are going to try to fight and get going early. And we are not going to let our foot off the pedal. God, I hope that's what he means. But me, myself, I think that's what he means. It's like, hey, there's not going to be any of this trying to establish the run when it ain't working and just sticking with it and just double, triple, quadruple and down on dumb nonsense, man. So I think that was kind of maybe a sideways jab on Gruden on his way out the door. It was clearly. And, you know, as far as what I'm hoping that he means by that, double down on these spread concepts, double down on the air raid concepts, put the ball in Derek Carr's hands. And, you know, the strength of this football team has been the passing game. Let's not forget about that. Let's actually go with what our – see – we Gruden wanted to talk about in his last press conference before he got fired, before we knew he was going to be fired. And he thought he was going to be, you know, continuing to coach after the Bears game. He said that we needed to find our identity and all that. We have an identity. See, there's yeah. two different things. It's one thing to not have an identity, and then it's a whole other thing to have the identity, but you don't like what the identity is. Right. And that's that's what Gruden's problem was. He wants to be a pound ground and pound and, and and then beat you in the air off the running game. He doesn't want to be a pass first team. And so we lean into this, lean into the to our identity. And would it kill us to to play with a little bit of no huddle at times? You know, right. Derek Carr was great with no huddle coming out of college. And he's always said he prefers a fast pace. And we we've had how many coaches now and none of them are gonna co have committed to letting Derek Carr run a tempo offense, which he said from the very beginning that that's one of the things that makes him feel the most comfortable. Why not finally give it a shot here the rest of the season to see what it could do? So just a love little it. bit of what I was thinking off the no, top. I there. love it, man. I love it. I hadn't even really thought about it much. And I guess it's just because we don't do it. You know what I mean? But when we do, you know, I mean, you know, late in games when he's, running and gunning and getting guys up to the line and making things happen. Look what's, look what's transpired. Wins. So what's, and production. what's, what's yeah, what's to stop you from uh, shaking it up a little bit and letting them just go and dictate the pace, man. You keep guys, you, you, you keep the first off, you keep them from subbing guys in and out and keeping guys fresh. You can start getting these big uglies tired as hell by just working their asses down the field you know, and making them have to run, 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 run. I mean, it goes a long way. It kind of goes back to that comparison as a as a heavy defensive half court team going against a you know a fast break team, man. You wear teams, you wear guys out. Yes, so you I do. like it. I like it. You do. Great questions, guys. Keep them hey. coming. Keep them. Uh... Just because we haven't gotten to your question yet, you know, a lot of these questions stay relevant. So. Don't fret. We could end up circling back around to your question later if it didn't make the show this week or in previous weeks. And keep them coming, guys. You know, I really don't have to remind you guys because you've been so good at, at uh, getting us so many great questions. But I like to remind you anyway just to keep that going. We love the questions. It keeps us on our toes. And we just love the engagement in general, guys. So, Raspy, you want to send it off for this week? Just want to thank you guys, man. Our following is becoming better and better and boosting every week, man. People are obviously listening and taking heed and telling their friends, telling their fellow Raider friends, family, whatever. And we're growing, man. So we're not going anywhere. We're here to stay, but we are dug in no matter what we're going to be here. We're going to give you content every week, twice a week and punch it out, man. And give you like what heart, alludes to always man is the advanced analytics those metrics that you're just not going to get just anywhere man this guy breeds this stuff so 
just appreciate the hell out of you guys, man. Keep listening. Keep turning in. Keep following. Tell people you know to check it out, man. And like I said, by all means, if there's ways we can be better, hit us up, man. And we will take heed to everything you guys have to say because we love y'all. And without you, there's no us. So we appreciate you, man. Y'all have a great, great weekend. Let's go whoop the donkey's ass and call it a weekend. Absolutely, guys. And we'll be here win, lose, or draw. We hope it's a Raider win, but either way, regardless, we'll be here. We've been with you through Raider wins. We've been with you through Raider losses. We've been with you through Raider scandals, and we're going to continue to do so. So tune in with us early next week. We'll be recapping, breaking down what we hope is a big Raider win, and we're going to take you on further, you know, as we go through the regular season and hopefully beyond, hopefully this is a playoff season in 2021. But for my partner in crime, Mr. Raspy Raider, this is your host. It's always Raider Hart. Uh, sending you guys off. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Watch some scary movies tonight and watch hopefully a massacre in Denver with your Raiders coming out and with a glorious victory, a la Michael Myers or something along those lines. So in the, in the meantime, guys, enjoy it, stay safe, be good to one another, and above all, you know what's coming. Just win, baby. Uh, uh.